0: Welcome to the podcast for First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. In our sermon series, Trending, we are talking about trending topics within our news media that really strike a chord with people in their hearts. The way we follow news media in our world today is by how many people are reading and sharing about a particular topic on social media. I'll be picking up on these trending topics and pulling them out to discuss how God's Spirit is operating through these events in our world. I hope you enjoy. So our scripture reading today, our first scripture reading, comes from Matthew 10, 34 to 39. Let's see what God has to say to us. I'm just going to read this off the screens, if that's okay with you. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Our second scripture reading this morning continues in Matthew chapter 10, picking up where Alex left off at verse 40. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly, I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As many of you know, Alex is currently preaching a sermon series called Trending, and he invited TC and I to be part of that sermon series. I've always approached a sermon writing a little differently than Alex has, not to overstate the obvious, (laughs) partly because I was trained in preaching at a different time than he was, and partly because I'm a different person. Every individual who steps into the pulpit brings his or her own unique perspective and gifts to the task and the art of preaching. As I prepared for this sermon, I had every intention of following Alex's guidelines for the trending series. Every intention, read the text, put it in historical context, then see what the Holy Spirit opens up in the world of trending topics. I didn't think it would be too hard. After all, Karl Barth, an early 20th century theologian, instructs that every preacher should preach with the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. So how much harder can it be to preach with Twitter in one hand? (laughs) Now, I have no problem with reading scripture and thinking about how it's going to apply to today's world and where it offers us a challenge. Asking the big question of how a particular text has the ability to transform our lives. Because after all, that's why we're here. That's why we listen to preachers week in and week out. In the last few weeks, however, I can... I confess to being just a little confused about this whole trending topic. Now, Alex showed me how to go on Twitter and figure out what's trending, and even on Facebook, and even on YouTube. But try as hard as I could, I could not find a topic trending that seemed to fit with today's text. I did learn that there's a remake of the movie Jumanji. That was trending and uh, I learned about several baseball and soccer stars uh, that are coming around that are on trending top that are making trending topics. Somebody named Demi is singing in a Latin American country and that's making a lot of people very happy on Twitter. There are lots of Fourth of July festivals going on. You may not know this, but last Thursday was actually National Handshake Day. And there's some kind of crazy trend going on where people are actually making clothes out of watermelon. True, I learned all of this on the Twitter feed. Nothing seemed to fit the text, however. So some of you may be relieved, and others of you may be disappointed, but I do not have a trending topic to go with this morning's text. Instead, I have written a sermon about welcoming the stranger. And despite and because of my best efforts, or any preacher's best efforts, God will speak to us through today's text. The scripture that we heard this morning is part of what scholars refer to as the missionary discourse in Matthew. Jesus is preparing his disciples for getting out there and getting the good news of the gospel in front of others. He calls and names the twelve. Alex read this text just a few weeks ago for one of his sermons. He sends them out with the authority to preach and teach and heal. He tells them to go find the lost sheep of Israel and not to waste their time with the Gentiles. And he also tells them to rely on the hospitality of others for doing their work. Take no gold or silver or copper or your belts, no bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or a staff, for laborers deserve their food. In other words, when you're out there doing the work of the gospel, rely on others to meet your basic needs. Jesus talks about the coming persecutions and reminds the disciples that they may not always be well-received. He also reminds them and us that the call to discipleship will lead us into difficult situations. It will make us unpopular sometimes. It will invite us to make unpopular decisions. It will force us to do things that may not be in our comfort zone, that may not come to us naturally or easily. We will be asked as disciples, as followers of the way, to interact with people and with ideas that look or act or sound or live differently than we do. In fact, in my opinion, this is the fundamental challenge of discipleship. We open ourselves to new people and new ideas to different viewpoints. In the closing verses of chapter 10, Jesus reminds us that going out and spreading the news is not the only way to follow Jesus that there is also some burden on those who stay home. We are asked to welcome those who come in the name of God. Now, on the service, that doesn't seem hard, right? He says, if a prophet comes to town, welcome the prophet. If the righteous come, welcome the righteous. And I have no qualms about believing or thinking or knowing that this church community would definitely welcome Denise Anderson and Jan Edmiston, who happen to be the co-moderators of the Presbyterian Church USA, whether we knew them or not, we would welcome them to come and be at our church. We would stand for them, as one is asked to do for the moderator. And I have no doubt that if someone like Desmond Tutu walked in the door, we would also welcome that person We welcomed our mission partners from the Dominican Republic just last fall. We provided housing and transportation. We fed them. We took them to see the tourist sites of Chicago because uh, Pastor Osvaldo had never been here before. And we welcomed them when they came here to speak to us. We're good at welcoming strangers here at First Presbyterian Church. So, everybody pat yourselves on the back, and then we can go home, right? We can go to Frontier Days. That would be too short a sermon, even for me. (laughs) And whoever gives a cup of cold water to some of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly, I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. Who are these little ones that Jesus is speaking about? It reminds me of when Jesus teaches us to love our neighbor through the Good Samaritan story. Jesus can never leave well enough alone. He's always pushing the boundaries, pushing us, and inviting us to push ahead. Across the lines, invisible and visible, that we use to separate ourselves from others. We are not only to welcome the prophets and the righteous ones, but we are also to welcome the little ones, the least. Do you hear the echo of Matthew 25? Whoever has done it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, has done it to me. Practicing hospitality in the way that Jesus invites us to practice involves more than simply welcoming those whose names we know. It is more than inviting a friend over for a meal. It is more than planning a dinner and having a lot of people over for a meal. For Jesus, welcoming the stranger is going to that deep place in our own hearts, a place of compassion where we can truly open ourselves up to the fact that that stranger may indeed be God in our midst. When we say little ones, we think first, I think at least of children. Do you know that in the 2014 US Census, it showed that 15.5 million children in the United States between the ages of 0 and 17 live in poverty. Somewhere between one in four and one in five children. Now lest we think that that happens other places other than our northwest suburbs, let me assure you that I have talked with many a teacher in our congregation who has assured me that the need for free and reduced lunch is a very huge need in their particular school, that there are plenty of children in our schools that are homeless, at least at some point during the school year, or that are at risk for hunger, for a lack of um, medical care, for something. This year, in our PADS program, we actually had, on one particular night at least, a mother and two of her children come to find a place for shelter overnight. Children are homeless and they go to bed hungry right here in our neighborhood. Whoever gives even a cup of cold water to these little ones in the last 30 years this area and this church has worked very hard to address the issues of homelessness in our community and still this issue plagues us almost daily we operate from october 1st to april 30th a pads program every tuesday night where we open our door and provide three meals a warm hot supper a warm hot breakfast and a sack lunch to men and women who are in this area and are homeless, are without a place of shelter on a cold winter night. Many of you have encountered a stranger in our building after worship, telling you that they have nothing, that they need help, that they wanna go to the city, or they wanna meet a friend, or they're on their way somewhere and they don't have anything. At least once a week, someone comes into our church building They come to ask for a meal, to see if we can give them a place to sleep for the night, or simply to find a better pair of shoes. We are building a multi-million dollar apartment complex right across the street. And every night there are dozens of people in this community who do not have a safe place to lay their heads. I'm not suggesting we don't build the apartment complex. And I'm not suggesting that we all give up the comfort of our own home or our own bed. I am simply suggesting that all of us consider what it means and what it would cost us personally to give a cup of cold water to a little one one of those who has a lower or smaller place in our societal structure. On this 4th of July weekend, one of the things we celebrate is our independence and our freedom and our great and amazing country, and indeed, it is all of those things. And it bears mentioning how our own country has welcomed the stranger. Ever since 1886, the Statue of Liberty, a gift from France, has proclaimed, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Ellis Island, from 1892 to 1954, welcomed over 12 million immigrants into this country. Not everyone has always been welcome, however. In 1939, German Jews attempting to escape Nazi Germany after Kristallnacht came on the MS St. Louis. There were about 900 of them. They were diverted from the U.S. border to Cuba, where they were told that they would not be allowed to land, to disembark, to be protected. And instead, they were sent back to Germany. During the course of the war, almost 250 of those people were killed by the Nazi regime. In 1940, President Roosevelt signed the Alien Registration Act, and he writes this. The Alien Registration Act of 1940, which I have just signed, should be interpreted and administered as a program designed not only for the protection of the country, but also for the protection of the loyal aliens who are its guests. The registration and identification of approximately three and one half million aliens who are now within our borders, Do not carry with them any stigma or implication of hostility toward those who, while they may not be citizens, are loyal to this country and its institutions. This was a different season of great fear in our country, a different time when we were nervous, when we were anxious about allowing an immigrant or a refugee to seek safety here. We were afraid of the ideologies that might come from abroad, of fascism, socialism, and communism. We were afraid they would weaken our own democracy. And indeed, perhaps it was appropriate to limit those who were coming to our country. There are times and events when we must consider our own protection. However, as Christians, even in the midst of those times and those events, we are invited to struggle with the Christian mandate, to offer a cup of cold water to the little ones. How do we do that and protect ourselves at the same time? It's hard work to follow the way of Christ and to do it in a way that makes sense for our own safety and the protection of our own rights and values. A few weeks ago, I was on a road that I'm not usually on. It was a very dark road. And someone next to me stopped and motioned for me to roll down my window. We were at a stoplight, and they were on a motorcycle and said, do you know where a gas station is? And I said, I think there's one a couple blocks up. And this person said to me, I said, do you need, are you in trouble? And she she said, turned out it was a woman, she said, "My, my bike is about to run out of gas. And sure enough, at that point, the light turned green, and I started to pull up, and she didn't have any more gas. And I saw her kind of coast over to the far right to get on the shoulder, and I drove away. And it was really a hard decision, because I wanted to stop. It was a woman, after all. I wanted to stop and take her to the gas station, and I was afraid. This is the struggle of our Christian life. We should struggle with these situations because we are invited to offer a cup of cold water even at the risk to our own selves. So how do we protect ourselves while at the same time opening ourselves to the possibility of welcoming a stranger and thereby welcoming Christ? unaware today there are 21.3 million refugees around the world these are people who have been driven from their homes and communities by factors outside of their control they grab only what they can carry and they remain uprooted for an average period of 17 years 17 years. Think about 17 years in your own lives with no home, no country, no papers, no rights. 21.3 million people. Children are born and old people die in refugee camps. Whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones as those who are named and called children of God we are encouraged to struggle with this invitation to welcome the stranger Jesus is not talking about routine hospitality he's talking about digging deep and finding that place of compassion and tenderness that is planted within us because we are children of God because we know a God who loves us unconditionally. Compassionate hospitality is not practiced with the understanding that we'll get something back. Compassionate hospitality is a practice and it is a spiritual discipline that helps us to recognize that when we welcome something new or unfamiliar and unknown into our lives, We welcome God into our lives in ways that go deeper than we have welcomed God into our lives before. Consider our Wednesday night family night. And if you haven't been there, please come this fall when we start again. Through these Wednesday nights where we welcome those who otherwise may be strangers to our church, We have tapped into a deep well of compassion and tenderness within this congregation. Aside from a few unhappy children that may not be being allowed to do what they want to do at that time, the people who are there on Wednesday nights are joy-filled people, all of them. Smiles, glad of a meal that they didn't have to prepare or they don't have to clean up. It is a place where we have discovered energy and passion for our own church and for the very thing that God calls us to do, offering a cup of cold water. On July 12th, we have another opportunity to come together in this space to eat a little. You know Presbyterians, we have got to eat or it just doesn't count for us. So we're going to gather here on July 12th and we're going to eat a little light supper in the narthex and lobby area. And then we're going to listen to people's stories. Another way of welcoming the stranger is to give another person your time and listen deeply to what they are telling you. As we move rapidly through summer, there will be sign-up tables to help with other weekly hospitality to homeless men and women in our community through PADS. This year, we are also going to be looking for new leadership to PADS. Do you hear God calling you? I believe, above all, that this passage invites us to practice tenderness and compassion with everyone who comes into our lives. Having moved up here just in the last three years from Louisville, Kentucky, I must say that one of the biggest changes is the honking of horns. Everybody honks their horn. I live right near that Cumberland Circle, Suicide Circle, some call it. I mean, they honk their horn like that's going to make a difference. They're still going to hit somebody. One of the practices that I've tried to keep is that of not honking my horn. It's just my own little way of trying to drive a little more tenderly, a little more compassionately with other people on the road. Most importantly, we are encouraged to practice this welcome without judgment and without attempting to change anyone. We're inviting them in. We don't get to comment on how they spend their money or how they wear their hair or whether or not they've made the best use of their resources we are only asked to give a cup of cold water. As we become aware of others' needs for food and for shelter, we, and of others' different ideas of how to be in the world, we are also encouraged to open up our own worldviews, to open up not only our hearts, but our minds, and to open them wide. It seems to me that as Christians who are invited to live out of compassion and tenderness and God's great and amazing love for us, this world needs us today. It needs our welcome, it needs our compassion, it needs our gentle touch. Whoever gives even a cup of cold water to these little ones, my prayer for you and for me is that the next time we look for a trending topic on Twitter, we find hashtag First Presbyterian Church welcomes the stranger. May it be so for you and for me, amen.